Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation in our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. My brothers and sisters in the Lord, we begin with these famous words in today's reading. Philippians 4.4 Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. I've always been fascinated by this scripture. We have some commands going on here. These are actually imperatives. God is commanding us to rejoice, as opposed to a minority opinion that these are mere indicatives. So, again, Christian, God is commanding you, rejoice. And again, rejoice. So let's practice. On the count of three, I'll remind you of God's command, rejoice. Then you start rejoicing. Okay, here it goes. One, two, three. Are you feeling it? I uh, need to ask your forgiveness as I was trying to make a point. The Lord in his word does not simply command us to rejoice, but specifically commands us to rejoice in the Lord. That's a vital qualifier. The Christian faith is not just attitude adjustment or positive thinking, though some contemporary authors treat it this way, claiming in so many words that Philippians 4.4 is for training in our thought life so that you employ a kind of spiritual mind over matter. Nor does it imply that the Christian himself or herself is in charge of their walk with God, that through the implementation of the proper X's and O's, the Christian can maneuver his way to successful sanctification. Joy, that is, is not something that the Christian musters up all by themselves. Thank God. But what is joy? It's one of those words I think it's easy to take for granted. In doing a um, perusal, an overview of the theological dictionary of the New Testament, these are some of the main themes that come out. It's a direct feeling or self-perception of being transported to a better place. You feel peace, reason to be festive, jubilant, relief from trouble. The word doesn't necessarily strike the emotional high of happiness, but no celebration nonetheless, being in a good place, indeed knowing, and here's the key part, knowing that you are in the right place. What a relief. But St. Paul was, he was in prison when he communicated these words. We're talking about knowing you're in the right place. But Paul was in prison. This joy is the same kind of joy that we read about in respect to our Lord Jesus Christ. This is from Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider this particular joy. St. Paul was joyful in prison. Our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ was joyful as he faced the cross. 
Jesus teaches in the Sermon of the Mount that we may be joyful when people revile us, persecute us, and say all kinds of evil against us on account of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is rather interesting. The scriptures are teaching that joy is when you're transported to a better place and you feel it. Again, what a relief. But all of these places that I've described, being in prison, knowing your impending martyrdom, being persecuted, aren't very good places. Not exactly the places that we want to be transported to. There's a tension involved, to say the least. So it must be that the Christian knows the difference between where they are at and where they are at. And no, this is not a typo. That is, you really do, Christian, live in two places at once. And this is not an attempt to explain the nature of Christ in accord with string theory or something like that. We're not talking science, we're talking theology, we're talking God's word. This is the life being described. This is true for you in Christ Jesus. Let's be aware of where you're at. Consider location number one. The Lord knows that you're in a tough place. A place which in and of itself doesn't exactly elicit joy. It might very well be eliciting all the opposite reactions. The Lord gives this word, dear Christian, because he knows that we are downhearted very often. We are so easily discouraged in our day-to-day lives. And it's because of where we're at. Christians, real Christians, real Christians are in the hard places of heartache for themselves and heartache for others. And, and I know that you can relate to this. As a pastor, I see it constantly. People who rejoice in Jesus, who at the same time are pouring out tears of distress for the many hard places that, that they're at at the same time. Christians, real Christians, are in the hard places of spiritual oppression and spiritual attack. Things that occur sometimes that are just unspeakable. Worry, anger, fear, anxiety, shame, guilt, all that comes from our sinful hearts, from the world that we live in, and from the evil one who is most definitely real, who assaults us. This is where we're at. But these places are not joyful places. But you also know another place at the same time. John 10, 28. The words of our Lord Jesus, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand Right now, this second, in spite of your other location, you are in the hand of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's a fact. Check out your far more important place. Let's read it together from Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. 
for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Consider how joyful Polycarp was in the midst of his two locations right before he died. Thus the dialogue went on when the judge threatened him with burning him alive. Polycarp simply answered that the fire that the judge could light would last only a moment, whereas the eternal fire would never go out. Finally, we are told that after he was tied to the post in the pyre, he looked up and prayed out loud, Lord, sovereign God, I thank you that you have deemed me worthy of this moment so that jointly with your martyrs, I may have a share in the cup of Christ. For this I bless and glorify you. Amen. These things are true, Christian, because your sin was located on the cross of Calvary. These things are true, Christian, because your death was located at Christ's burial and your baptism. These things are true, Christian, because your life is located in the risen, living Lord Jesus Christ, who is now assuring you in him once again today in this location right now, right here. You are forgiven. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus until he comes again in glory. Amen.